Hi, everyone. Dr. Tim here with Hillary, and we are doing another session of the Dr. Tim's Aquatics podcast. How are you doing this morning, Hillary? I am doing good. I'm doing good. I feel like it's been a while since we've done one of these, but it really hasn't. No, it just seems, I guess, because of Macna. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. How do you think Macna went? I, I enjoyed it. I loved like all of the people that were there. It's a totally different vibe and a totally different feel as far as shows go. Well, I'm kind of 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 two uh, thoughts on that. From a you know, yeah, meeting everybody again and seeing people and things that was great. But from a business standpoint, let's face it, the turnout was not that great. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, who knows why? But uh, you move along, and we've got Reefapalooza. Texas and Aquashella, uh, Chicago coming up. and um, Both the same weekend. So no matter what part of the country you're on, there's a show for you. Yep. And uh, there are always great shows. Um, so please, if you're out in that Chicagoland area, drop by Aquashella or down in uh, Texas, Dallas, um, I'll be at the uh, Reef of Palooza down there. We'll have people all over the place. So drop by, say hi. Yep. And if you are at, actually, if you're at either show, we, we've talked about the reptile stuff before, but we have our reptile system stuff at shows. So if you've got reptiles, come talk to us about it. Yes. Speaking of which, how's your uh, baby bearded dragon? Oh, she's doing good. She's so funny. I tried to bring her in here and let her like sit on my shoulder while I did the podcast. And she just kept running off like across the desk to sit at the window and watch the hummingbirds. So she's well, back in her enclosure. And what about Frank? Is he getting jealous? You know, he might be, he might be, but there's only so much I can do. He's stuck in his tank. If I could have him travel with me, I would do that. That little orb what they had on that show, you know, where you just have a traveling orb. We <laughs> Marine land where I used to work made a hamster ball. Oh, Okay. And you put the hamster in the ball and it could run around the house. You could do something uh, like that. Yeah, for fish. Wait, didn't you send me an article once about um, somebody, it was like a goldfish or something that they used and they figured out that it could drive this little Oh, yeah, it was in the cart tank. thing. Yeah, yep, yep. So all I there's need. all sorts of crazy people out there. <laughs> a lot of innovation. We'll call it yep. innovation. Yep. Getting to so uh, question and answer day. Let's get started. All right, so we got a bunch. Um, this one is a multi-part question. We're just going to start out with the hard stuff. Great, okay. and I have not seen these questions beforehand, folks. So it's no. always a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> All right, or a disappointment. <laughs> remember, <laughs> remember, we have YouTube videos. We yes. Have uh podcast we have q a's if you, you know it is hard to get a hold of us i realize that because we can't be sitting at a phone 24 7 so um you can definitely uh check out the podcast hillary has been diligently time stamping those so um we'll explain that a little bit hillary so people understand what you're doing and helps them save lots of time 
All right. So I don't know, like if you listen to it on Apple Podcasts, I think it should be the same. It's definitely like this on Podbean and on YouTube. So if you look at the show notes or in the caption on YouTube, it will give you the timestamps and then it will tell you the question asked. It might not have the whole question. It'll just have like a couple sentences of it. And you can skip to that point in the audio or in the video, if that's all that you're there for, if you're trying to get a specific answer. So, you know, even if you don't want to watch the whole thing, you could scroll through the different podcasts and say, oh, somebody asked a similar question. Um, Maybe they answered something that pertains to me. So hopefully we're trying to make things easier for you. Yeah. So there's a way you can, you know, scan it because you got a question you didn't answer right now um you can do that so um there's lots of lots of information out there and there's also things you can read i know old school (laughs) (laughs) what yes i like to read i know i'm in the minority on that but if you if you like to read we have tons of resources for you as well i i will say we do try and answer all of these questions, like we don't just like wait for them to come up in the podcast. We do try and answer them, but we also include them in the podcast in case you have a similar question. Like maybe we, you can listen to the podcast and get an answer a little bit faster. Yes. And we do try, um, but um, we're very busy and uh, can't get the questions immediately. Yep. So, all right. So Let's go with number one, multiple choice. Multiple choice. <laughs> All right. Do I add the, I'm going to read you the whole question. And then if you need me to repeat parts of it, I will. Um, do I add the beneficial bacteria only on the first day or throughout the entire cycling process? Then once my tank is cycled, do I add more weekly with water changes in order to keep things going? I have a three gallon tank that will only house a single beta. Also, I use tap water treated with prime. Should I wait 48 hours after the water change to add more beneficial bacteria? And if there were some sort of weird ammonia spike and I use prime to neutralize it, will it kill off the beneficial bacteria that I'm establishing? Okay, so um, normally you only need to add the one and only one time. Uh, it's not where you have to add it every day, shake it up, pour it in one time. What is easy about knowing when to add more one and only versus maybe other bacterial products, you know, non-nitrifiers is you can do an ammonia nitrite test. And if you're registering ammonia or nitrite, that tells you that you probably don't have enough nitrifying bacteria and you can add some more. So that answers the first question. The second question, do you need to add it each week? Normally I would say no. Again, you can measure to see if you have ammonia or nitrite, but with a a beta tank, it depends on what you're doing. A lot of people have smaller uh, bowls or tanks and they remove the a lot of the water. They they remove the gravel to clean it because you really can't siphon clean a small. I'm not even sure you can adequately siphon clean a three gallon aquarium very easily. Once you start to siphon, you have to stop it. So 
in that case where you're re maybe removing or rinsing or straining the filter media, usually gravel or something, marbles, colored glass on the bottom, it might be a good idea to add a little bit of uh, one and only after you do that because you're doing it, what I call it, very disruptive uh, service. You know, a normal aquarium is siphon clean while you're doing a water change and you're tumbling a little bit of the substrate. That's not so bad. But if you're taking the substrate out, rinsing it under water, you're probably going to want to add a little bit more, one and only. Um, third question was what, Hillary? Third part. Um, let's see. If I were to have some sort of weird ammonia spike and I use prime to neutralize it, will it kill off the beneficial bacteria that I'm establishing? Prime and, and other ammonia removing uh, chemicals like our aqua cleanse don't kill the bacteria unless you were to bathe the bacteria in there. But if you overuse these, if you use these types of ammonia removing chemicals to control ammonia, it reduces the growth. It slows the growth. So don't freak out. If you have just a little bit, you know, a measurable 0.1.5 ammonia, really don't need to add any ammonia removing chemicals. Add a little bit more one and only, which is a better way to do it. And definitely don't overdose any of those chemicals. There's no reason to freak out. Um, and uh, ammonia of 0.1 or 0.5 is not going to be toxic. It's just a transit uh, ammonia level. So you'd be fine. Never want to try to control ammonia with chemicals. It'll just disrupt the, the water quality and slow down the bacteria and you'll never get them established. Okay. Part four, there was a fourth part. Um, I see. Oh, if I use tap water that's treated with prime, should I wait 48 hours after a water change to add more bacteria? No, I mean, you can add the bacteria 15, 20 minutes after you add that new water. There's no reason to, to wait 48 hours. Again, just don't overdose any of the ammonia-removing chemicals. Okay. Well, I think we, we took care of all of that one. It wasn't so bad. Just a lot of different parts to it. Yep, okay. I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, question number two. I'm on day four and have added your ammonia on days one and three and the one and only on day one. The ammonia is at one. It's day four now and the numbers still haven't moved. The bottle of bacteria delivered by Amazon was extremely hot. I refrigerated it and used it the next day at the recommended dose. Do you think the bacteria was dead or should I redose the tank with the same bacteria or do I need to get a new bottle and try that? Um, if so, should I just be sure the ammonia is over one? This is a harder question. Um, okay, so unless the bottle is baking out in the hot, you know, Phoenix, Sonoran desert sun for for hours and days, the chances of the bacteria being dead are pretty low. They like warm temperatures. Freezing, solid, cold, that's a different story. But warm temperatures, we grow them and very warm. The bacteria like that. So the chances are they're not dead. What I would 
not do, though, is take that warm bottle and just stick it in the refrigerator. Just let's let it cool down at room temp. There's no reason to stick it in the refrigerator. And uh, that that's not really going to help anything. Now, a lot of times people are expecting, you know, the ammonia to be zero even after six days. But it depends on what your substrate is. And that leads into what we don't know. Are you using any type of live sand? Live sand has organics in it. The organics decay uh, into ammonia. So that adds ammonia to the system. And I don't think this question gave us any nitrite values, right, Hillary? That's correct. We only have ammonia. Yeah. And so if, if you're going to, you know, email us or, or social media contact us, we need the ammonia and the nitrite because if you add the amount of ammonia we recommend, which is four drops per gallon, you're going to, your ammonia level should be two milligrams per liter ammonia nitrogen, which will lead to two milligrams per liter nitrite nitrogen, which will also lead to two milligrams per liter nitrate nitrogen, but nitrate test kits cannot measure accurately that low level. So that's why I say don't even bother measuring nitrate at this case because it's going to come out zero. Now, if this person had said, my ammonia is one and my nitrite is zero, that tells me the bacteria are working because they've removed 50% of that ammonia. They've converted it to nitrite and all that's been converted because there's no nitrite being measured, but we don't know what the nitrite level is. Uh, I doubt the bacteria are dead. I would add more, more of the same bacteria. They've removed some of the ammonia. They're working, or else the ammonia would be up about round two. So just add more ammonia to, or I'm sorry, more bacteria to the system to get it going. And then if you're using live sand, just realize things are going to be slowed down. Also, well, we know they, they added ammonia on day one and day three, right, Hillary? Um, yes. Okay, so they've added ammonia twice, which means it's actually was at four. So they've, they've, the system has reduced or oxidized 75% of the ammonia, four down to one, and all that nitrite that's been produced. So the bacteria are definitely working, or else the ammonia would be four or there'd be a bunch of nitrite in the system. So add some more bacteria, maybe consider a water change. Um, do we know the volume of this system? Um, no, we do not. Yeah. Telling us the volume helps too, because if you have a small system and you've added ammonia twice, it could be that your pH and your alkalinity have dropped. So the, the things that we need when you contact us, how much ammonia you've added? So how many times have you added ammonia? What's the volume of your system? And then the ammonia, the, I mean, the uh, ammonia, ammonia value, nitrite value, and pH. Those five things give us a good chance of, of diagnosing what the issue might be. 
is there any way we can get a form? Like if you go, if I send people like a link that they can fill out the information, like a Google doc or like Google sheets, I'm just like, all right, here's all the information you need. I feel like we should do that. I just put you in charge of that, Hillary. All right. <laughs> We've been delegated. Where's that going to go? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, on the back of our prescription card, we have a daily thing, you know, where there's a calendar, we can make that bigger where, you know, as you're following along in the prescription and you can download that at our website under recipe cards, it gives you day by day, step by step but directions. It gives you a place to enter the pH, the nitrite and the nitrate. And the other thing is that direction, though, isn't concrete. It isn't you have to do these, okay? Because every tank is different because the substrate is different. The water you're using is different. Is it fresh water? Is it salt water? If you're up in the Pacific Northwest, like, I, I don't know, do you have soft water now? You're living up there. Um, yes, actually, I do. Yeah, Pacific Northwest water is usually very soft which means it doesn't have a lot of calcium and magnesium. And so it also probably doesn't have a lot of alkalinity. Whereas down here in Southern California, our water is really hard and has high alkalinity. So what does that mean? Well, if you start using our, you're using our recipe of adding four drops per gallon of ammonia, as that ammonia is being oxidized, it's producing hydrogen ions, which is consuming the alkalinity and your pH is dropping. Water that up where Hillary lives, the pH is going to drop much faster in her water that has low alkalinity and low, and the bacteria don't like low or soft water. We're down here in California, the same volume of water, given the same amount of ammonia, you may not see the pH move at all for a while because that has high alkalinity, the Tums, the buffering, it can accept the acid that's being produced by the nitrification process, doesn't drop the pH. Why is that important? Longtime listeners know that once your pH drops, it gets down around seven or lower, the ammonia is in the wrong form, the bacteria can't use it, and so it starts accumulating. So, so all that means is that these cards are guidelines. You have to measure, as we say, your ammonia and your nitrite to know where you are. And if you have soft water, low alkalinity, it's going to take you a little longer to cycle versus rock hard water out here in Southern California. So, And that's why we just can't give you this is what's going to happen on this day because every setup and all the water is just completely different. So, yep. No two tanks are alike. No. Okay. Let's, I think let's, we covered everything. I think so. If not, I feel like we may, there's a lot of uh, cycling questions this round. So if we haven't, we probably will by the end of this. Yep. Well, that's what we're known for. That's what we're here for. Yep. All right. Question number three. I've begun cycling my new Red Sea Tank XL525 with one and only and using the ammonium chloride solution. I'm up to day three now, but I'm not going to be able to add fish until day 25. What is the best way to keep the tank cycled until I can get the fish? I have ordered an extra bottle of ammonium chloride. Would that be the best way to keep feeding the bacteria every three days? 
Short answer, yes. Just get the tank cycled and then add the ammonia every few days and you'll be fine. Before um, the fish come, what I would do is a water change. Why? Well, we just talked about that. You're going to be adding ammonia uh, six, seven times, maybe even eight times over those first 25 days. Using our recipe, you're adding a fair amount of ammonia to build up that nitrifying bacteria. Well, what's going to happen even in a saltwater tank, you're going to be produce the bacteria producing acid, consumes the alkalinity, drops the pH. So that's not what the fish want. Saltwater fish are not really adapted well to parameters outside, sea, you know, natural seawater where the pH is kind of 7.8 to 8.2. Yes, there's exceptions, but that's 99% of the cases. Um, so before getting the fish, I would do at least a 25 to 30% water change. But other than that, yep, feed every couple of two, three days. All right. That's very similar to what we used to do at the aquarium between like if we had empty systems before we would get fish orders just to make sure that it was where it was supposed to be. Yeah. And I don't recommend adding shrimp and cut fish and stuff because that's just going to promote the heterotrophs and cloud the water and pollute things. And it stinks. I was say, yeah. And it smells really bad. Yeah. Don't, do, don't do that to yourself. It smells like rotten fish, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that was pretty easy. Let's go ahead and look at question number four. I'm about to add water to my tank and do a fishless cycle with one and only and ammonium. When using one and only, do I still need to use a water conditioner? Well, the answer is yes. You, you need to use a water conditioner to get rid of the chlorine and chloramine in the water. Don't worry about ammonia. Okay, now what, where can ammonia come from? I know everybody's thinking about that. Why is there ammonia in your tap water? Well, that's because when they put the chloramines in the water at the water treatment facility, that dissociates. It comes apart in the pipe. And the, the amine part, which is NH2, grabs a hydrogen out of the water, becomes ammonia, and your pipe is inside of your pipe is covered with our friends, the nitrifiers, and they take that ammonia and if they can't handle it. You know, if the pipes have just been cleaned, that ammonia is going to be in your tap, or you're going to have ammonia nitrate in the tap water because the bacteria are doing nitrification. Anyways, you'll still have chlorines or chloramines that is toxic to nitrifiers. So yes, you have to use some type of a simple Dechlor product like our first defense is great to get rid of the chlorines and chloramines before you do a fishless cycle. Okay. Sometimes you talk about things. I'm like, man, I wish we had like fun, bit like cartoon visuals for this stuff. We'll have to work on that too. All right. We have a, we did oh, a cartoon. We do um for the gels yes more stuff like that like when you explain stuff like i kind of see it in terms of that I'm like okay i wish we had you one know, of those yeah there was a group at one of the reef of paloozas was out here and they were like students at ucla or something and i talked to the guy this was years ago so it doesn't help now but they, they were looking at doing like uh scientific cartoons 
Hmm. Yes, it, we need it, more of that. Well, Hillary, you got another job. Fine. <laughs> All right. If you're listening, I'm delegating. <laughs> if you're listening and you're an illustrator, we can trade stuff. Just just reach out, send us a message. That's it. Definitely Show some us. short and you know, short because nobody wants yeah, to no. see a documentary. We just, we just need fun. We're, we're not doing Ken Burns here. <laughs> Four part series on how to get rid of chlorine and chloramines. You know what, though? Our listeners like the rabbit hole, so they might enjoy that. Okay. <laughs> okay. This next one is really long. Um, it's got two questions to it. I'm going to give you a little bit of background. I have some more numbers if you need them, but I'm not going to give it to you just because it's a lot of information. Oh, I feel like I'm back in school and I got to take notes. Fire <laughs> away. This is a multiple, multiple question with an essay at the end. Okay. Two weeks ago, I started cycling a 20-gallon freshwater tank with two Endler guppies in a bare-bottom tank. I have an AquaClear 30 with a biofilter media. Before adding the fish, I added 18 gallons of mix of tap and RO water and let it sit for a day with some Seachem Prime. After 24 hours, I added the two fish. Then I added another competitor's bacteria from my LFS to the last... They, they were honest. For the last 15 days, I've used, <laughs> I've used the uh, API master test kit to measure, and I've got reading, I've got numbers for you if you want them. No water changes have been done in the last 15 days. So my question is, I'm not seeing a change in my water conditions. I'm wondering if either my nitrogen cycle has stalled at the beginning of the cycle, or it's just taking a longer time for the cycle to get going. And I will give you, let's see, ammonia is 0.15, nitrite is 0.1, nitrate is 10. So that's question one. I'll let you go ahead and answer that, and then I will give you question two. All right. First off, keywords, bare bottom. Bare bottom tanks take longer to cycle. Uh, I know they said they're using some type of filter with biomedia, right? Yes. Yeah, but but it's just a fact. Um, bare bottom takes, tanks take a lot longer to cycle. And then they used a mixture of RO water and something else. Tap and RO. And then they added CCAM chemicals. Yes. They added so, prime. So it's it, oh, yeah. is it prime or or they did or they used just just prime? Uh they said it was prime. So RO and tap and prime. Yep. That's a mess, folks. Um, because prime will reduce your pH. Do we know what the pH is? Um, it says pH is 7.5. Yeah, but we don't know the hardness or the alkalinity. Nope. Um, and two endler guppies. Yep. Must be feeding a ton to have any, to get nitrate, nitrate at 10. Oh, okay. Okay. I've got some more information. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> I feed the fish once per day and use a net to scoop out any uneaten food. 
still feeding a lot to get that much because endler guppies, I mean, could you pick a smaller fish? I don't think so. Um, well, uh, the big, the biggest issue. Oh, I know where things are. So this is a mess folks. I'm sorry to the, the questioner, but so what you've got here is lots of issues. The bare bottom tank, there's no surface area for the bacteria. You added someone else's nitrifiers, um, which has just become organics, which has helped produce ammonia. And that's why the nitrate is so high. Um, Cause your 0.15 ammonium 0.1 nitrite, they're, they're not that high. Um, but until you get some filtration area in there or just have tons of patience for the bacteria to start colonizing the biomedia inside the filter, it's just going to take some time. There's just um, the bacteria. These biomedias in, can, in types of canister filters or hang on the tank filters, they're okay, but they take time to colonize. Um, plus, if you've added, you have to scoop the food out for two endler guppies every day. That's a lot of food. Plus, I think you're overfeeding. So all those organics are decaying into ammonia. So basically, you just have to be patient for this system um, because there's not enough biofilter area for the nitrifying bacteria. You said there's a second question? Yes, there is. All right. Should I restart the cycle by adding your bacteria and ammonia fishless cycle, or will it be okay to just be patient and wait to see if my current cycle will continue? I would prefer to speed up the existing process and thought to remove the two fish and supplement the existing cycle with your bacteria and ammonia drops. Does this sound reasonable? Also, I just added glass marbles to the tank floor per your 13 troubleshooting ideas article. I would appreciate any other suggestions you could provide. Okay, well, if you want to speed it up, you've done the first part, uh, add the marbles, you know, some surface area on the bottom. Definitely. Um, you could take out the endler guppies, never, ever add ammonia to a tank that has fish in it. So you got to take the endlers out and then pour in, uh, you know, a two ounce bottle of our bacteria and start adding ammonia and your tank's going to cycle pretty fast. That's the fastest way to do it. Um, the other way is, is as you Set answered your own question, just have some patience. You've got the marbles in there. You can add one and only. It's not toxic to fish, so you can go ahead and add the one and only. Don't add ammonia, but you're going to add some bacteria in there, and uh, that'll help cycle the thing. And, and my, you know, which way to go really depends upon what's your end game. How many fish are you trying to put in this tank and how fast? If you have a bunch of fish that you're trying to put in soon, you know, all at one time and really build up the population, then I would remove those two, add bacteria, add ammonia and cycle that way. If you're, you know, not in a big hurry and slowly going to build up the fish population, then I would just add the one and only and slowly start adding some more fish because you're not at toxic levels with 0.15 and 0.1. Okay. Okie dokie. All right. Let's go ahead and check out question number six. 
I started my 54 gallon tank on a fishless cycle 12 days ago. I dosed it with a bottle of one and only and dosed it one time with your ammonia. I'm currently reading one parts per million of ammonia, five plus for nitrite and 160 of nitrate. Please advise as to what I should do at this point. No. That's all the information we have. Yep, that's the, it. So for you following along with CSI Aquarium here, how did this person get 160 ppm nitrate when they've only dosed ammonia once? That's a curiosity. Give you three seconds to figure out the answer. Ding, ding, ding. The answer is... <laughs> Well, we've got to have some fun here, really. I like it. I wish there was a button I could hit for these sound effects. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> the answer is because the nitrite nit nitrite is so high, said it's above five, it's interfering with the nitrate test kit because there's no way you have 160 parts per million nitrate unless you have a ton of had a ton of organics in that system that decayed. And the water probably got really cloudy with the bacteria breaking down all those organics. And that's why I repeatedly say, don't waste your reagent money, your reagents, put, you know, do nitrate early on. Because when your nitrite is high above five, it interferes with the nitrate test kit. So now uh, we don't know whether this is fresh or salt, do we? Um, I don't, it doesn't say. My, my inclination is to guess this is a freshwater tank. He's dosed ammonia once. The ammonia is about 50% gone, but you've got all this nitrite, which probably means the pH is low or else it's a saltwater, a marine system with a bunch of live sand, which is pumping ammonia into it. Um, and, and without, you know, the this is one of these things where we have to talk, you know, e email the person and get some more information. That's why we ask when you send these things in, if you can give us, we, we don't need a book, you know, the, the high points, live sand, what's your substrate, what's your biofilter, um, Things like that would would help out and make this easier because I, I would say it's most it's either a freshwater tank with low pH and you need to change water, or it's a saltwater tank with a lot of live sand, and you have to be patient or change s some water too. Um, that's really all I can um, really guess at right now. Okie dokie, water changes go a long way for a lot of different things. Especially for nitrifiers, uh, you know, they, they're kind of self-limiting in that they're, you know, as they're nitrifying, they're producing this hydrogen ion, which is dropping the pH. And when the pH gets too low, um, they, they're, the ammonia is in the wrong form and they can't process that. And you also have to look at where the ammonia's, the other ammonia sources, which uh, live sand is very popular plant tanks that use special soil that keep the pH low and have organics and human acids, all that affects the bacteria. You got to remember the bacteria are living organisms and they have preferences. 
and they do not like humic acids. They don't like soft water. They don't, you know, like, they don't work like as bacteria don't have feelings, but um, they don't work well when there's uh, poor, you know, low pH and low alkalinity and low water hardness. Okay. Let's take a look at question number seven. I've been trying to do a fishless cycle in my new 55 gallon tank for nearly four weeks. I added Dr. Tim's one and only and the appropriate amount of ammonia and followed the instructions on your website. Ammonia levels don't go below one parts per million. I'm testing daily with a freshwater master test kit. The tank is planted and has some snails that hitched a ride in on one of the plants. Do you have any suggestions for what I'm doing wrong? The nitrites and nitrates never go above zero. Okay. It's been four weeks. The nitrite and the nitrate are not above zero, but what's the ammonia? Um, the ammonia won't go below one. And he's only dosed one time. Um, I don't know that. It says that they follow the instructions on the website. So potentially more than one? Well, the directions call for, you know, dosing <laughs> three times. So this, this is hard um, because we really don't have enough information. Um, you know, how many times have you dosed ammonia? The ammonia won't go below one, but there's no nitrite or nitrate Let's let's assume that's the best we can do here. This is a learning for everyone. So let's assume that the person has dosed ammonia three or four times over this four week period, because that normally that's what we say. Your you know people ask how do I know when my tank is cycled? If you've added ammonia three times and your ammonia is below 0.5 and the nitrites below 0.5 or zero, um, chances are your tank is is cycled. Uh, so he's, there's no ammonia, there's no nitrate. Now, why there's no nitrate? Because until you can get to over 20 milligrams per liter nitrate, the, most of these test kits don't work unless you shake that after, after the first step. I mean, you put that first reagent in, if you shake it really, really hard until your arm's going to fall off, um, then you might start getting a reading. Uh, what I would say is that, again, there's a chronic low level here. So there's two possibilities, chronic low level of ammonia. Either the ammonia test kit has been contaminated and it's giving a false reading of one, and that happens. Or, again, this person has used some type of a live sand or something and has this this constant source of organic that's being decayed, or it could be driftwood. You know, a lot of times people use driftwood or, or some type of material and it gets the, the cottony, the, the fungus and other stuff is starting, it's being decayed. It's being broken down and that all that organic material becomes ammonia in the system. Uh, they don't tell us what their ammonia level is just that it won't go. It's not below one. And, most times, 99% of the time when you set up an aquarium 
as long as you're not using strict, you know, straight RODI water and you've added some type of ammonia, liquid ammonia, you know, shrimp or something, most, almost all tanks are going to cycle in four weeks. That's the normal period, four to five weeks. So for this tank to have this chronic low, you know, we, we don't know, chronic, always measuring one. My educated guess is the ammonia test gets defective, I think. It's, it's you know, if, if it's always giving one, that just says there's something wrong. It doesn't make any sense. Be, uh, but again, we don't know how many person, we're making lots of assumptions here, but hey, that's all we can do right here. Yep. So. Now, if you're not sure one way to check, I mean, most of the test kits, I'm not sure where it varies from brand to brand, but you can look and see what the expiration date on those things are. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And try to like at once a year, maybe, maybe every other year, but always go through and make sure that those aren't expired. Yeah. And also you shouldn't have your reagents in, you know, the heat, maybe don't refrigerate them, but, but not in the heat. Um, definitely not in light, light can, uh, mess up or basically make the make the individual chemical reagents uh, obsolete and no good so you've got to treat those well too and and they can also sometimes be contaminated um so uh if you're not sure I mean, one one quick way to check is take some uh rodi water now you can't use your tap water, you can try using a uh, bottled drinking water and do an ammonia test on it. And if your ammonia test registers one on RODI water, your ammonia test is wrong. It's, okay. it's, def it's defective. So that's a quick, <laughs> well, that's a quick way. Cause there's, there shouldn't be any ammonia or, uh, you know, it, it sh shouldn't get a measurable ammonia or nitrite in drinking water in bottled drinking water. No, that's true. Wow. We, I'm a little bit nervous. I don't think we're going to be able to make it through nearly half of my list today, but I think we have time for at least one more. Yeah, one or two more. Well, I mean, these are nice questions. They're, they're long and involved. And I think the take-home message for everyone out there, and you're right, maybe we can put something up there. I don't know if people come to the website, but we definitely need a little bit more information. It saves everyone time and effort. That way, you know, we can answer the question sooner without having to ask more questions to answer the question. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure we've all been there too. It's really frustrating when you have an issue and you're just like, I want answers five minutes ago. We keep asking you more questions. Yeah. So, But we're trying to steer you in the right direction. Yep. All right. Let's... Question number eight. I just dosed my new freshwater planted tank last night with one and only and added a school of six fish only to discover one of them had ick. It already had, or it has already begun spreading to the others. I got ick X and the instructions say to remove my carbon. I have to keep redosing the tank once a day and replacing a third of the water each time. I was just wondering if ick X will interfere with the beneficial bacteria. Also, do I need to throw out my carbon? I don't know if the nitrifying bacteria lives in there or if it would even be able to survive being dried out. 
by the way, love the podcast. Keep up the great work. I enjoy learning the science behind how our tanks work. Thank you very much for the kind um, words. So ICX is a type of mal is is a chemical uh, malachite green, a less toxic form of malachite green, according to the manufacturer. I don't exactly know what that is. Um, well, here it is: formaldehyde, methanol, and malachite green. So. Nitrifiers don't like any of these things, but they're they're at a weak solution. Um, what what you would have to do here? One, you've got to you know save the fish, so you need to dose the treatment, the ICX, at the recommended dose. Don't don't skimp that. And what I would do is dose at the recommended uh, dosage. For the chemical, for the medication, have, uh, as they're saying, you know, change water and feed lightly. Feed, and the fish are eating, that's good. And you can add the nitrifiers. You, you know, it's not going to kill them. It's just going to reduce or slow the action of them. So you can still uh, get some benefit from them. But with this, uh, you're going to need to do water changes and add more bacteria and lots of water movement in the system. If you can, the carbon, uh, the nitrifiers are probably because the tank is new. They're probably not on the carbon and the carbon, the carbon will remove the active ingredient of this medication. Well, um, all of them from the water. So you need to get the carbon out and I would just throw it away because it can be, a reservoir for the ick, you know, they can be trapped in there because they have this life cycle that I won't go through right now. And uh, so I would just throw the carbon out, keep it out and uh, have water, you know, clean water, dechlorinated water ready and do regular water changes as the manufacturer prescribes and add a little bit of nitrifiers after you add the water. That's the best thing. Okay. Good advice and good luck. Hopefully uh, you get that taken care of and it's not so much of a pain that it frightens you away from keeping fish again. Yeah. All right. Got one last question for you today. Number nine, I use a waste away gel and want to know if I have to remove it 24 hours before dosing refresh. You don't have to. No, the whole idea behind waste away was that you don't have to do these other things that you got to remember, you know, remove this or turn off that. The bacteria are inside the gel that protects them. So nope, you can go ahead and dose uh, the refresh and don't worry about um, removing the gel. Okay, okay. That was an easy one to end on. Yep. I like that. The next one is another multi-part question. So we'll save that for the October podcast. Okay, great. Um, <laughs> I'm always looking. I, I like these things. It's good. And a little bit of a teaser, folks. And we've talked about it. We are closer and closer to, to having the Dr. Tim's ASF salt from France. And the... 
DC pumps, wave makers, MJ pumps from Italy are on the way. We are having some air shipped in so that we can show them to you at uh, Reefapalooza and Magna that are coming up in uh, Texas. And, not Magna, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> We, we had Reef, Magda. Yeah, we had Magda. We had them there. We had them there, but uh, these are the actual 100% production models. So we'll be showing those at Reefapalooza down in Dallas and Aquashella in Chicago here in, in uh, three weeks. And they'll be on store shelves shortly after that. So it's going to get fun and exciting. Lots of new Woo-hoo! stuff. Yes, yep. I'm super excited. Yep. So, all right, everyone. This has been Dr. Tim and Hillary for another session of the Dr. Tim's Aquatics podcast. Thanks very much for listening. We do appreciate it. Thank you. And as always, contact us with any of your questions. We will try to answer them as soon as we can and try to get them on the podcast so everybody can learn. Thank you.